0: Mom is a drug and alcohol counselor, and my dad is an alcoholic drug addict.
1: Right? <laughs> He's an alcoholic
0: drug addict. I mean, addict. <laughs> that's a Netflix show right there. Hello, and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 147, The Snooker Break, episode snooker or snooker i say snooker but i feel like snooker is how they say it anyway very happy to have on the podcast this week rooster rooster is a nashville based band made up of aaron Kennard uh, playing drums and annie myers on guitar their bio says that the duo was formed by two strangers uh, in the summer of 2016 it doesn't say that aaron and annie are those two strangers so i think that's kind of a literary choice they're leaving that open to uh Kind Of your assumptions, and they're going to hit us with a shock ending or a twist somewhere in there, and there will be two different strangers, but probably not. Aaron and Annie are going to be talking about their most recent release, Bloodroot, on this uh, podcast and also part two, which will come out later. Uh, but also, make sure to check out their EP, their first uh, release, which is also called Rooster. You can find them on all the streaming services, and we'll have links in the show notes, of course. And they were too modest to mention it in the episode, but their album, Bloodroot, was listed as one of WNCW's top 100 albums of 2020. Make sure to also check the show notes for their social media uh, sites so you can see where they will be playing live. They've got some shows coming up, and also, again, uh, check those links for their music. Here is Rooster.
2: Is this how it ends? Is this how it goes? I thought we were friends. I thought you would know. But I couldn't say. Had to keep it inside. Hold on to my fears. Swallow my pride. On the bar.
3: Right, so <laughs> yeah borrowed right. wedding ring um it was one of those songs that just kind of happened like if you close your eyes and boom there's there it is on the paper I wrote it in a in a like a coffee shop in New York um this trip right after a breakup you know big momentous time and it all just sort of like word vomit came out. Um, it was basically just... Yeah. About a breakup. I mean, <laughs> I think we decided to start the album with that because number one of the way the song starts, um, is this how it ends? Mm-hmm. Um, but also it kind of, we, we love sad songs and <laughs> we're just naturally drawn to sad songs.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, you know, it kind of shows like, and then making sad songs happy. In yeah. Weird way. Changing around. But I think it kind of shows like the depth of what we write about, um, you know, it's like, boom, here we are. And yeah, it, it kind of like took, you know, very few minutes to write. Like it, like I said, it just happened. But then it took me a long time to be able to play it. I think Annie and I had just sort of met when I wrote that song, but it was like maybe like a year or two before I even played it for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to be really sensitive about it. In the words of Eric Badu, <laughs> I'm sensitive about I'm my an artist shit. and I'm sensitive. <laughs> so um
4: i love uh, there are so many lines in that song that i love um like just even the chorus took love but we made it a melancholy thing i pe- feel like people have like um go into relationships a lot and like fall in love really fast you know yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like we took it and kind of like drag it
3: down the dirt i'm not trying to stay yeah. for you but okay. like i love that line yeah, yeah and it was like you know everything's true we Me and this person had been traveling all over the country together and like, you know, really just did a lot. And um, yeah, and then it all just kind of like fell apart as things do. But the time when I wrote that, it felt kind of like triumphant. And I think that was why I was able to just like put it out there, even if I didn't end up sharing it right away. Um, It was probably the most like sort of out of body songwriting experience I've had where I'm just like, you know, Boom. That
0: just happened. It's a good way to start yeah. the album. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I did want just to point like, out um, if I was reviewing this song and I used the phrase word vomit, that would probably be considered a negative review, but you can say it because you wrote it. So, uh, just in case, in, in case that yeah. gets taken out of context in the transcript or something. Right. Yeah. I like how mm-hmm. you, um, like a lot of times people, I don't know if this is even important anymore in, uh, the age of digital music, but, uh, a lot of times people want to start out a an album with like an up-tempo song and you guys started out with a with a uh, slower tempo song. Uh, is that something that, like, did you think this is the one we want you like? How much thought did you put into the order of these uh, songs, I guess, is my question.
3: I think we put a lot of thought
0: into we it. We
4: put a lot of thought into it. And I really loved the fact that the album starts with the lines, is this how it ends? Because, I don't know, we're both Gemini's. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wraparound. I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. I and I like the vibe that it puts on the whole album because people are like, "Wow, they can sing really well together," and it kind of draws you into the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. That song.
3: Yeah, I think we knew that we wanted to start it with that. It it kind of feels like the most like kind of like a hit. Mm-hmm. And when one thing that we really tend to do is um, change the 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 tempo. Me being a drummer, I'm really like keen keyed into this but change the tempo or the feel of a song like midway through and i think that song does that where it's like Mm -hmm. kind of just slow and going along and then those drums come in so i think illustrating that in the
0: first song was important and yeah 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 i like those dynamics of that um that tempo change there yeah
4: yeah and matt lohan can't say enough nice things about that guy but like we had a lot of intuition ourselves and like our own musical like preferences for that song but he also was just like the best you yeah. know kind of like producer guider too mm-hmm.
3: yeah he produced that album he's mm-hmm. in a band um called diotto, and uh you can find them all over the place and he has a couple of other projects as well but he's just a really you know he he had the perfect amount of like hands-on and hands-off with us um he just has a lot of wisdom about you know the way, sort of, he just has like a higher level had a level. good vibe to match our
4: vibe because yes. we're so tight together already as friends and like as songwriters and musicians and bandmates. Mm-hmm. So he was like the chillest dude that could come into that situation. We <laughs> so cool. like,
1: yeah, maybe
4: it should swell here, maybe yeah. we should quiet down here without us being like, don't tell us what to do. Yeah, never <laughs> stepped on our toes.
2: You mark the bottle when you go. ¡Gracias! Cause you mark the bottom
4: Mark the Bottle. Yeah, I wrote the song after I had a really great night by myself. (laughs) And I woke up the next morning and listened to a recording of it and was like, that might be good. I don't know. Like it might be a good song. It's very simple in my mind, but it's a, you know, it's a song. It's a good old drinking song and everybody at the bar loves it. I don't know. I have some hangups about the song because everyone loves it and I remember taking the album home to my parents for the first time and my mother is a drug and alcohol counselor and my dad is a judge and like that song is very much like a drinking song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just had some but it's all been talked out. But
0: I thought um, you were going to say I for think- some reason I thought you were going to say my mom is a drug and alcohol counselor and my dad is an alcoholic drug addict. I don't know.
1: Like, <laughs> is an alcoholic
0: drug. I mean, addict. That's a myth. Yeah, and then I was born. Right there. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> It totally is. Hmm. Yeah. No, he's a judge. Um, so I was a little nervous about that, but my parents just respect my music. I think it was another thing like Borrowed Wedding Ring, where that song was just like, I drank a little too much after my boyfriend left the house, and then I wrote a country song and it's stuck. And I know? think
3: that song has just like a real raw, like country. Just, you know, like, it, it's like a classic yeah. in a way. Like, it could have been written by Hank Williams 50 yeah.
0: years ago. Or, I have written down one of my notes says, my, one of my notes says honky tonk song. So, uh, I mean, it's very, very Hank Williams senior. Yeah. Do you guys uh, typically <laughs> write separately or are you doing a collaboration?
3: We've written two songs together. Two oh. songs
4: together, but typically separately.
3: Yeah, we don't really play those two songs anymore. <laughs> they just sort of were a moment in time. Um, we recorded both of them they're not on the album but they're just sort of like you know little hidden gems Mm -hmm.
4: it's hard for me like I've tried a lot to co. well I shouldn't say a lot but like when I try to collaborate with people my process is just so different Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to not be um, overly stubborn about the words I want to
3: use or the melody that I need so yeah I think our songwriting processes are just really different I think I tend to like obsessively take a long time and then, and then once it's written, take a long time to share it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like I just do it like that. Yeah. And then she I'm just like, so here's a song. And then,
4: but we'll do the same thing. We can learn and like play well together. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to that, like the seed of a song or like the start of a song. It's different
3: for both of us. Yeah. Did you say? Yeah. yeah. Like I'll I won't talk to Annie for a week and she'll say I wrote I wrote five songs I can't wait to play them for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: Prolific. Yeah. Uh, what's the studio where it was recorded?
3: So we actually made a studio mm-hmm. um, in. We recorded the most of the album in Annie's old house, it was an old cabin, out in Swananoa, made
4: um, out of stone.
3: Yeah, a stone cabin old. right on right next to the Warren Wilson campus. Um, it used to be. Part of the campus, and I think the like the dean used to live there or something.
0: Oh yeah, it no was other. like
4: it had these. <laughs> it has these old um, wooden floors that were like the gym floors from the 40s and Warren Wilson, so it was like really thin, and then it was all stone walls, and the sound was just like perfect. It was awesome, and the, f- the lighting was like. Perfect. And so I'm like, well, you don't have to go to his studio. Yeah. Matt just came
3: and we set up everything there and we parked for like, like a week. A week and a half, I think. Yeah. So he he borrowed and rented a lot of equipment, came in from LA. Um, and we basically recorded seven songs in a little over a week. Um, the other five songs were recorded or four, yeah, were recorded in a storage unit um in West Asheville. So oh, yeah. We had... We
4: went to like a save... Was it a save?
3: Something no, like that. Not
4: a save more. It was like a George's... Smart
3: storage. stop. <laughs> um, but cool he had ha- he had a practice space way back when we met him. He was a sound engineer at what was uh, Upcountry, I guess. Altamont. Altamont. Mm-hmm. Back when it was Altamont. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ran sound for one of our shows. And we started talking to him. He's like, hey, I have this practice space. We ended up recording um, our first five songs... There, four of them we kept for the album and then completed it with that like week of Week in the Cabin out in Swananoa and just sort of like brought in some nice microphones and some, you know, a better snare drum than what I had. And mm-hmm. there you go.
0: <laughs> Do you have any like half serious names for the recording studio that you called it Stone Cabin Recording or anything like that?
3: We didn't. Did
4: we, we didn't. Just the Swananoa house. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was the Swananoa house. And it, it was, was beautiful. Better. I yeah. loved it. We could walk out the backyard to like trails and stuff so I didn't really go anywhere for a long
2: time I don't that I
4: one of my songs where I feel like I'm like dealing with depression as many people do and it just came out and this kind of like I don't really necessarily think that's a sad song it's sad like with words but like the feeling of it is just kind of like I'm here too and I wrote it kind of right before COVID started I think or was it before no, it was before then, because it's on the album. But I remember playing or thinking of it a lot and thinking of the words when COVID first started, because I was like, I'm tired of feeling this way, like tired of feeling so crappy. And it's it's a tool for me, songwriting is a tool where like I'll do it, and all of a sudden, not that I'm totally fixed, but I'll feel lighter and now it's out there and everybody else is like wow I really feel that way too sometimes like it's yeah. okay it like normalizes different struggles that people have with mental health I think yeah.
3: for me so and I think it has like a really like you said like I'm I'm here it has a real like keep on chugging vibe to it you know that that is hopeful in a weird way it's just like yeah I'm living through this you know right. and You know, the melodically, I think for me, that one stands out because a lot of what we do, like with harmonics, with harmonies is um, try to just like, you know, make it simple, but make it like punch like the Mm -hmm. harmony. We call it harmony driven folk rock. So Mm -hmm. the harmony to me is like really strong in that song.
4: The first time Aaron ever sang that song. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But it was like magic. It was like you already knew where to go and like knew what to do in the perfect way yeah we don't really talk and like sit around a piano and orchestrate
3: harmonies it just clicks like that and with that one I mean it's it's all in the chords like you know I I love that what I sing uh, the harmony is like a drone note Mm -hmm. you know it's Mm -hmm. just like it just pushes through and like I think that kind of adds to the effect of like it's just it's it's constant, like mm-hmm. you know, and the chords change around it, but that that harmony line is just like steady. Yeah, yeah. I
4: think yeah. I listen to a lot of uh, just old country music, and different melody lines come
3: from that. Really? That's how I learned to harmonize too. <laughs> that and like you know, beach music and stuff. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> do you guys um, ever do like um, like add? What's the highest number of, um, uh, layers of melody or of harmony that you have, uh, on one of these songs?
3: I think in Weeds was probably the, we, we did like a real big kind of showy, um, part at the end there where we had like, what, three or four layers, mm-hmm. but just selectively. I mean, it's rare mm-hmm. that we do that. I think Liked You Better too, mm-hmm. because it has like that honky tonk kind of vibe where it's like, you know, supposed to be like a bunch of drunk people singing, um. <laughs> But typically we just stick with, you know, two parts. I think in the recording
4: too, we wanted to keep it like as close to yes. how we would sound mm-hmm. like live aside from the fact that, you know. Yeah, like instrumentally we have a bass but player. Like as vocally, we wanted to keep it close to like just the two
3: of us. Mm-hmm. But I'm all about some big harmony. I mean, in other contexts, like if we get together too, it's around a fire, like... As many as possible, you know. (laughs) Um, We've done a little bit of singing with, like, a third person and doing some three-part harmonies, and that's always, like, magic. But we just, like Annie said, we just don't even have to, like, talk about it. We just sort of, like, boom, it happens. And that's that's a special thing, you know, to have a duo because it's this, like, connection that's, like, built in that, you know, we wouldn't necessarily have with a third person. Not that we don't, you know, maybe want that and talk about that, but... It's definitely like a special
4: thing. It's a special connect.
3: It's also cool when that happens, and then
4: you also turn out to be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, you also actually really like each other and want right. to like hang out all the time.
0: Very convenient. And
4: then you have a like musical convenient. connection.
0: More from Rooster in just a few moments. want to uh, remind you to look for their music on all the streaming services and Bandcamp. And also you can find them online at roostermusicavl.weebly.com. And of course, we'll have those websites for you in the show notes. It's Andrew Felston, and this is my song
4: Hold On To Me from my newest EP, Sound of Repeats. Available worldwide on all streaming platforms. Thanks for supporting local music, and thanks for listening to
3: WNC Original Music.
0: Hey, Andrew just had a baby, so uh, go show him some love for his music at andrewthelston.com. And also, uh, just tell him, hey, you like that new baby he had? Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, WNC Original Music, or just go to WNCOriginalMusic.com, or uh, as always, you can listen on your smart speaker, uh, or just Google WNC Original Music. I'm sure something will come up. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Again, just search WNC Original Music. Doing a cool thing right now uh, as I'm recording this where if you tell me your band name, I will tell you what your cover band name will be. Uh, So uh, if you are listening to this like in 2027 or something, you might have to scroll back a little bit. Corrections and clarifications from last week's episode with Derek Fry. A fiddle can be defined as a nervous violin. So we were both right. Hi, this is Dwight McGlynn
3: of TruVere. You're listening to WNC Original Music.
0: Before I get to the next song... um, you guys had mentioned something about the Zodiac sign. And I was going to ask you if you were uh, Zodiac followers. I don't know if that's the phrase. I'm not. So, uh, But just one silly uh, question I'm going to ask you later is, can you think of and describe the uh, 13th Zodiac sign? So be thinking about that, and we'll talk about it at the end there, just to give you something to think about.
1: Right. Oh, I researched
3: that. Okay.
0: You did? Uh-huh. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah,
3: yeah. it was like, I went down a rabbit hole. It was like the... I started with an O, what the 13th one is. Is that what you're talking about? Like, basically... No,
0: no, I'm not saying they, that like there is one. I'm saying you would create one. Yeah. Don't, I mean, we're not spend like half an hour on it or anything. It's, it's just a.
4: Yeah. We are so solid Gemini's. Yeah. Like, yeah. both of us. Yeah. yeah. I definitely... Like, I didn't just resonate, and I don't think I could come up with another one because I just love myself so much. <laughs> That's not something that <laughs> like Gemini, Gemini. Would do. Okay.
0: And I think, like,
4: <laughs> and I think we can be very different
3: too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you think
4: we are a different size of the Gemini spectrum. Yeah,
3: but you know, they have like the, the rising and the moon. For me, I actually cannot figure out what I am because. My mom doesn't remember what time I was born,
1: and it's <laughs> not on
3: people's birth certificates in South Carolina. I even oh. ordered a birth certificate, register out. of deeds, whatever. So I'm just like, I just came um, down from the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> I just dropped here. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's why, that's what the differences account for is the rising moon. But yeah, probably. We are, we're solid.
0: She doesn't sun remember sun like, sun, like morning, afternoon, night, or anything like that.
3: He said maybe at night. I mean, or in the, the evening, like in the evening, mm-hmm. she just doesn't.
0: I guess she had a lot I, I going on. She yeah. didn't do <laughs> natural labors.
3: I mean, I can't blame her. I was the second one, so she's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right.
1: yeah. Not
3: really. Oh,
2: that was great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't want what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sim e
3: Yeah, so uh, this is the only song that's actually co-written. I was in a band in college called Quasiphonics. Um, It's a big, like, think like uh, Edward Sharp, you know, like there's a million people in the band kind of thing, like subbing in and out. But um, I had, I I wrote a lot of songs with my friend John Durham. So um, we were kind of writing this song from two different places. I was writing it um, about an ex uh, who drank a lot and he was writing about his boss who drank a lot and so um, we kind of came up with the chorus or I came up with the chorus and um, he added in a verse and it, it it went through a lot of changes from the time that like I wrote it we wrote it in col- when I was in college to the album like even melodically I mean even you know definitely instrumentally like what we chose to do with it It's it has pedal steel which I love I love that um, yeah. Uh, one of Matt Lohan's friends, Philippe, who lives in Nashville, is a studio musician there. And he put uh, the, the honky-tonk piano on it, as well as the pedal steel. And so instrumentally, we did a lot more with it. But even like a few of the words and, and the melody changed. But basically, yeah, it's just like a little funny drinking song. It always gets, gets a laugh. And I always do like a cheers before we play it. Yeah, people <laughs> and, love it. I love it. Um, I okay. kind of I always think about how there's so many double negatives in the song like I'm not saying um, like uh, I'm not saying I don't want what's best for you. <laughs> it's like kind of confusing, but it's sort of supposed to be tongue in cheek and right. just like, you know. and
4: people relate to it. It's like, yeah, they're either in
3: that position or they know somebody they know who somebody. Is. It's funny because Philippe, um, the, the player who played pedal steel and piano. Uh he so he was the only one, like the only guest player on the album except for Matt, the producer. So it was really it really was a small court group of people. We wanted to kind of keep it consistent with how we are live, but he had just quit drinking uh-huh. when he was asked to play that song. I forgot about oh. <laughs> so it was like, um,
0: This kind of reminds me of the like the phenomena where like everybody's got like a friend who um like their personality changes so much when they're drinking that they get called, uh, like, like, uh, if he's, if he's William, it'll be oh fun. William's here. And that just means William has started drinking tonight. You know, he's drunk. He's, he's a little fun when he's drunk, but then <laughs> he gets too much. And you're like, no, that's not fun. William anymore. Yeah. That's, that's aggravating William. Who's like sloppy on yeah. top of you and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a happy
3: medium there. Yeah. Hopefully. I think for everybody. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I thought also I thought this would be uh this sounded like it almost lends itself to a an a cappella version because it starts off with the strong harmonies and uh I mean it's like seventy-five percent harmonized, isn't it?
3: Yeah, we tend to do that. I mean, we have to kind of stop ourselves from doing harmony like the entire way through the song at all yeah. times forever. Yeah. Um, figuring out
0: where
4: it works best, yeah, like, emotionally and like impact right to make it
3: dynamic because you know we could just like literally sing sing all day and never (laughs) stop and we'd be fine with that (laughs) we have yep
4: wild um I had a yeah I love that song and like at first I didn't and it took it didn't take convincing from Aaron but it took like confidence in it it's really hard to like put a lot of yourself into something that you're sharing with people at like a bar at night who may or may not care but that was a very heavy song for me to write Um, I had, like, a person at the time I was seeing who's gone a lot and, like, just missed him on the regular. And that was also a song that came out right away. But it was one of those that I was scared to perform. And then when we recorded it, I needed pushing from other people to be like, no, this is a good song. Mm -hmm. And, like, we need to keep playing it, you know? Um, Because my confidence level isn't always there or... I get a little too timid. But at the same time, I know that I'm a good songwriter and I want to do that. So I'm like, yeah, write emotional songs. Be vulnerable in front of other people. It's very um, much what I feel
3: like I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So yeah. that was one of the first ones we recorded in the storage unit. And I've been pushing to play it, you know, ever since. I just think it's such a classic and... It just has like a haunting, you know, way about it where it could have been written. And I love songs like this. It could have been written 200 years ago, you know, because it's like timeless in that way. There's, you know, like lyrically, there's not a lot of references that date it. But I think melodically, it's so haunting and just like timeless, beautiful
4: yeah, it's I like just, a draw. Yeah. It was like a slow draw.
3: I love playing that. it. And I love how slow it was when we recorded it, mm-hmm. which is slower than we usually play it now. But I love that recording because it's like, it's, it's our very beginning as a band, you know? It's like, it's just so raw and yeah, natural. Yeah, one
4: of the first songs I think we learned together.
0: Do mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. play as a duo? Do you ever play with a full band uh, after the recording? Not really. I mean, yeah. after, <laughs> when
3: <laughs> we, we were supposed to have a... Um, release show, um, and you know, our album release show is going to be March 16th, 2020. So yeah. at, the Great as, Eagle at the Great Eagle. So as you can imagine, um, that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still were going to let us play, but it was so weird at that time. And we were just like, we can't. We did have, though, we had a, um, a bass player and a lead guitar player that were going to play with us. And so, you know, after that COVID happened and we just have never really gone back to that. But we were definitely open to it because we liked that, that sound that we had made. And not too full, you know, but but at least what was, like, representing what was on the album, which was lead guitar and bass on most songs, we thought, you know, well, yeah, it sounds good. Like, we have the parts for it. We have, like, you know, all the stuff. But, yeah, it's just something we've never really yeah. gone back to. In a
4: weird way, it was almost a blessing in disguise. I remember Aaron calling me a week before and we worked so hard and we're so proud to, like, finally have our album release. And Aaron called me a week or two maybe before and I was like, dude, I don't think this is gonna happen. Like there's a virus going around. And I was like so out of the loop at the time. I was like, what? No, it's definitely happening. Like we're not stopping it. And she's like,
3: no, like it's pretty bad. I mean we didn't make the calls like for sure until a few days before. Right. Yeah. You know but and I also was
4: having so much there because we didn't have a lot of practice with the um bigger band. And like we had a couple, but I it might have been a blessing in disguise for that reason, because I wouldn't
3: want to come out and feel unprepared. Yeah, but it was such a, just such a weird time. I mean, everybody was scrambling yeah. at that time. And it's just like, I feel like we would have been ready, but it was just like... Well, we totally uh, would have time. killed it, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it for part one with Rooster. Uh, again, Rooster is the duo of Aaron Kennard and Annie Myers. Um, make sure to check out the show notes again for their music and also you can find them at roostermusicavl.weebly.com don't forget if you haven't already and why haven't you already subscribe to the podcast wnc original music wherever you get your podcasts and also don't forget to keep supporting local music uh, especially on Bandcamp. we love Bandcamp. But also, all the streaming services, or even better, just go to uh, live shows and buy people's merchandise, or uh, go to their websites and buy their music, buy their CDs, download their music. They would really appreciate it, and I would too. For the closing song this week, uh, we have New Age Americans. New Age Americans are composed of young adolescents from the Chicago suburbs. New Age Americans are a group of young adolescents from the Chicago suburbs. They formed in middle school. And I know what you're thinking. This does sound like a John Hughes movie, but they're a real band. They performed with various artists, such as the uh, iHeartRadio Rock Artist of the Year, Lovely the Band. And they're getting ready to tour again. You can find them at newageamericans.band, not .com, .band. And here they are, New Age Americans. Have a good week.
1: Sometimes you get lost in the cold But I was there to take you home But you never said thank you No, you never said, never said, never said You're cooking that synthetic love uh, Hoping that i write write your song uh, We could have done better We could have done better We could have done, we could have done, we could have done better But these days